0: I love that Buck Swope. Buck Swope's an interesting cat. This is as creepy a guy as you'll ever encounter. That's right,
1: Buck Swope. Buck Swope, who Doug really is not comfortable with Buck Swope. Kind of a shutter spook. Swope's one of the best in the business for my money. Buck Swope. Buck Swope asked Doug his preference on shrubs. Ah,
0: (laughs) I may sue Buck Swope. Buck Swope is struck. I'm
1: pretty high on Swope. If we need an old audio clip, Swope's going to have it. Oh no, i just know he does the wonderful buck swope you know buck swope well yeah seem to have kind of an issue with buck swope right it always goes back to swope. Buck, swope buck swope buck swope buck
2: swope buck swope mr buck t swope what's up kids you are listening to swope's picks episode eight part two of our look back at the 2011 cardinals Later on, we'll be joined by Jimmy the Cat Hayes. But right now, we're going to flash back to the morning after game 162 in 2011. Well, get on with it, motherfucker. Get on with it, motherfucker. Well, get on with it, motherfucker. The Cardinals
1: have come. Tra-la. Tra-la. Uh, Charlie, the Cardinals are going to the playoffs. That's what we're going to do. I knew it the whole
3: about. time. A month ago, ten and a half back. I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Did you really? Were you saying
0: that
1: or just no,
3: you knew it? not at all. I think I wrote a blog saying they were dead about a month ago.
1: Uh, Join the club then, if that's the case. Uh, Just an amazing, amazing comeback completed. The Cardinals go to the postseason for the ninth time in the Tony La Russa era. The eighth time since 2000. In what is easily my Cardinal fandom lifetime. The most surprising and unique manner in which they have done so. No question about it. And and now
4: you, you take a deep breath these next couple of days, and um, you want to get your hopes up. You you, you want to think, okay, the role can continue, but you are facing um, maybe the best team in baseball.
3: Yeah, I think, I think no question, the best team in baseball. And it's a cliche, but you are playing with house money now. Yeah. I think for all fans, or I should exactly say for, most I fans, for most fans, this is it. This is enough. Nobody expected them to even be in, so anything... From here on out is is a bonus.
1: For the purposes of today, I'm going to enjoy what took place last night, what took place over the last month, the unlikelihood of the whole situation, whether it goes back to a month ago, whether it goes back to even more specifically, a week ago today was the, the ninth inning from hell with Jason Mott. Six days ago was the three games out with five to play. Yeah. I mean, Three that, out that's of when five. I was. That's when I was done. I guess technically I was done back in August because I wasn't even paying attention or complaining about it. They just had fallen off in the relevance department. Um, but when they lost on Friday night to the, to the Cubs and the Braves beat the Nationals in Strasburg, I'm like, okay, the plug was really pulled yesterday when they blew the four-run lead to the, the Mets. But now it's three games back. It's over. And I was cool with that. And then they come back and do it again on Saturday and do it again on Sunday but torture you on Monday, and Octavio Dotel's falling around the mound, fielding bunts. Uh, but then they can't even come back. And went on Tuesday, went on Wednesday. The Braves lose their final five games. The Cardinals are indeed coming. Trela trelah. When that game was four uh, nothing in the first inning, I thought, well, that's it. Yeah. I honestly, I honestly did. I don't know how many times this season I've thought, well, that's it. Um, but I can recall when they tied it. Saying to Anna Marie, and I may have tweeted it, I don't know, uh, I cannot believe this game is tied. And then when they took the lead, I was thinking, I cannot believe they have the lead. And then when it was over, I thought that was just unbelievable that they actually came back, held them to one hit with that bullpen for six innings, and then beat Cliff Lee and the Philadelphia Phillies to take a game in Philadelphia. Shocked but thrilled. I am,
0: I am stunned too. You saw that Carpenter really had nothing and I'm sure everybody was cursing Larusa for hurrying him out there. He really didn't have very much. And they scored four runs and could easily have had five, six, seven, could have been six, seven to nothing really. And then the Cardinals Blue's scoring chances early with the for call triple and then the the uh, freeze double to lead off the second inning. I thought this is going to get really ugly. Lee is one of the best postseason pitchers in recent history. For them to come back, it, it's stunning, really. Stunning that they came back and won that game. But what, what do you say about the bullpen? Six innings, one hit, no runs, six strikeouts, no walks. That's unbelievable. In order for the Philadelphia Phillies to beat the Cardinals, they will have to do
1: one of two things, uh, both of which are. Realistic and not necessarily uh, some absurd proposition, but they will have to do one of these things. They will either have to win both games in St. Louis, or they will have to beat the real Chris Carpenter. Not that last night. They will have to beat Chris Carpenter on full rest. Now on the other side of it, in order for the Cardinals to win, they either have to win both games in St. Louis, which will be Hamels and Oswald. Uh, or they will have to beat Roy Halliday, who always is real. Guys, did you see the guy behind the two Fox reporter fake humping uh, at her live shot outside the stadium last night? <laughs> Classic.
0: Well, you do run a risk when you turn that <laughs> camera on with a light on. Just it's like coming out of a stadium? I Ugh. mean,
1: a camera light for a Hoosiers is the equivalent of a bright light for moths. Yep.
0: I mean, they just flock to it and circle it and just go bat crap. Mm. What about
4: honey for a bee?
0: Doug? Very similar. A camera light is, is it's just an idiot magnet. Uh, but, Doug, uh, as you mentioned at the start of the show, the Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. That's our analysis, pretty much. Uh, Good night. We'll just keep singing that. Edwin That's Jackson gives up
1: three hits. This is pretty fascinating, actually. Edwin, Edwin Jackson gives up three hits in the first five uh, pitches he throws. And then the Phillies had a total of two hits between that time and the start of the eighth inning.
4: That is a trend with uh, Edwin is that First inning, he has a bump, and then he settles in. And he certainly did that. And then David Freeze had uh, really a dream night for a local kid. A two-run double, two-run home run.
1: You know, to view it from the negative side, I guess, is I feel like the Cardinals should have won the series last night. Uh, On the other side of it, theoretically, the Phillies could have won all four of these games, you know. Uh So I I have to look at it from, from both perspectives. And either way, it's... Uh, a baseball nerd's orgasm tomorrow night for Roy Halladay and Chris Carpenter in Game 5. Real Chris Carpenter, not what you saw on Sunday night. I think most people understand that wasn't really Chris Carpenter. Um, And to get that, and to get it in that atmosphere, I wrote about this. You go to all these ballparks. uh, I've been to a number of them, but you've been to them all. I think when it's in a Philadelphia, in a Boston, in a New York... It's more intense than if it were even in Los Angeles, as big as Los Angeles is. It's a different uh, kind of crowd. Yeah, know. and then that, and it makes it intense. In, and, and, and for those, and I write this this morning, for those of you who uh, can recall, and it's not difficult to do, it was only five years ago, uh, Game 7 at Shea Stadium and what that was like. First off, it was an incredible baseball game. Just incredible. Andy Chavez's catch, Molina's home run, Wainwright freeze and Beltran. But the intensity of that, the roller coaster of emotions... My guess is you've got to buckle up for that tomorrow night.
0: I don't think anybody should be surprised that the Cardinals are playing with the Phillies. The Cardinals are a very good team that largely underachieved for the first four and a half months of the season. And in fact, if Adam Wainwright hadn't been hurt, if he had been healthy, it might have been the Cardinals winning 100 games or, this year.
4: Or if they had uh, straightened out their bullpen sooner. But yeah. regardless of what could have been, the fact that the Cardinals went on a run where when they were on the brink, on the brink of being cast aside, they find a way to get it going so they've been through this a million times that's why i wasn't even really concerned i i, I really felt strongly they were going to win last night now i don't know if they could. be a lot of people Halliday. did around town I, I, it's really
1: I, odd i'm gl- i didn't necessarily feel one way or the other i was happy that people did feel that way and and i'm glad to see the result
4: i don't know if that translates to beating roy holiday we'll see no. but i was i felt very strong last night that they were going to win that game i'm
1: looking at holiday's game log just to to get an idea of you know i mean What's realistic? Uh, His worst start of the second half uh, was against the Cardinals, actually. He allowed four earned runs. That was when Kyle Loesch beat him uh, on September 19th. Boy, there's a lot of zeros in there in his outings. Earned run zeros. There's nothing more than those four earned runs in the second half that he gave up against the Cardinals, and he still pitched eight innings in that game. He has only thrown uh, less than six innings uh, once. Since the uh, start of August, he did have a four inning outing against the Cubs. It's odd to me. And if any, so I think there are some who would say this is vindication for La Russa short starting Carpenter on short rest, the fact that now he's available for game five. I disagree. I think, if anything, Edwin Jackson's performance again last night, not like it's been a fluky thing because he's had however many starts he's had for the Cardinals, but since July 29th, he's allowed more than two runs twice. And the fact that he wasn't put on the mound in Game 2, Carpenter in Game 3, and Garcia at home in Game 4 means that that you were planning on having to try and beat Roy Halladay. And you could have taken Halladay out of the mix and put yourself in the best position in the first four. You're not going to get a good start on a guy on short rest. You're playing against the odds. And in my opinion, as LaRusso likes to say, you're not giving your team the best chance to win. That's my opinion on it. But, but I, I, I don't agree. Find, Thank I, you.
0: I, I don't think the Carpenter thing worked out at all in Game Two. Carpenter got ripped in Game Two. They got lucky to come back. They were fortunate to beat Cliff Lee, who was ninety-four and one in games in which he'd had a four-nothing lead up until that game. They just got fortunate that this got carried to five games. As it turns out, they're, they're still in it. But it could, it might also have been over before now Agreed. if he hadn't missed that second game. I'm
4: not, saying, I'm not saying it's vindication or the people that uh, criticized the, the move were wrong. I'm just saying it is what it is, and it has worked out, and here's Carpenter going in, in game five.
0: There's only one thing he did last night that drives me crazy. Uh, David Freeze, Daniel Scousel, seventh <laughs> Taking inning. Taking David Fries out of the game. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't
1: believe it. It was the seventh inning. It's not like yeah. it's a 10-4 game. It's and he might well have come game. up again in the ninth if oh, the course. Phillies come back to tie it. It's not I like can't... he's a butcher at third That's base. That's the other thing. God bless him. I write about that too, Doug. I, 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 I wonder I, what Berkman effect thing. that has
4: on, on David Freeze, though. Somebody, you
1: know? cause I, tweet, I tweeted right away. I said, is Freeze hurt or is just is whatever this just is? And then I got a million responses, and somebody said, based on Freeze getting an embrace from McGuire and clearly not Looking too happy about it, my guess is it's just another defensive substitution. He's in the midst of having the big. He is the talk of baseball this morning. Yeah, and he gets and he does it in six innings. Oh. Larusa can't help himself. He's
0: got to do something. He's got to now, do something
1: to play the other. To not play the other side, but to present what I guess Tony is thinking is that he's got the pitcher leading off in the bottom of the seventh. Right. So it's a prime opportunity for the double switch. I like him pulling Jackson there. I like him pulling Jackson there. By the way, great moments in St. Louis racial history. This is the truth. I was there. I mean, it wasn't this everybody. This about the Jewish light. Doug no, Doug done. Doug was taking his stance on the Jewish light yesterday. Yeah. Arthur Rhodes comes in to pitch to the first hitter in the seventh inning. This is the honest-to-God truth. All right? And he gets him out. Who I don't even know who the hell it was. It was a lefty, obviously.
0: It wasn't Howard, was it? No, no. no. no Zubchinski struck out Howard. Really. Yeah, that
1: was in the eighth. the yeah, it was, uh, so Rhodes gets one guy out, and everybody—not uh, everybody—but man, I would say about one out of three people give him a standing ovation. I'm going, the hell's this about? It was one hitter. It was like five pitches, and I'm going, oh no, they think it's Edwin Jackson. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> you mean as he walked off the mound? Yes, oh, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they, not everybody. Cause a couple people are going, around me, going, the hell's a big... I mean, the guy was nice, but it, was it worthy <laughs> Was
4: it worthy? <laughs> hold on, this fascinates me now. Because this is at the face value, people
1: are there know this is true.
4: At face value, <laughs> it seems like the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. Now, mm-hmm. I wasn't in the stands, so I have to trust you on this. Again, at face value, uh, Jackson and Rhodes look nothing at all. One's a right-hander, here. one's
1: a left-hander, one's 42... Uh, Burlier.
4: Arthur Rhodes looks like he could be 50. Yeah. Jackson looks like he could be 15. Uh-huh. Okay, now, now take it from there. How do you know that this is... People are going, way to go, Edwin.
1: I'm looking around and going, I just don't... It's a. It's a I mean, think about it. Did Dotel get a standing ovation? You know, I mean, there were a bunch of guys... It's who, Upchinsky? getting it, he, he may have, but that was Ryan Howard. And uh, it was, you know, a 5-3 game and things were starting to get a little tight. This was the leadoff guy with nobody out in the seventh inning. And I'm going, wow, I don't get it.
4: But what makes you, aside from the fact that you thought it was the wrong time for a standing O, um, what makes you think they thought it was Jackson? That's what I'm trying to get at. Because there
1: there was a standing ovation, not like all over the ballpark, but from a large section around the ballpark. People were standing up and cheering. And people, I think li- they thought, people
0: like to see a hold, and you just don't get it. A hold is the most exciting thing in baseball, not the triple. The Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. And uh, the series,
1: Doug, is now 1-1 after the Redbird bats explode all over the chest of Sean. No. Final score,
4: 12-3. to It was an offensive explosion. Yep. That it was. I don't know where it landed.
1: We somewhere in Milwaukee, somewhere
4: around that ballpark, yeah. I I, I, just, I mean...
1: The thing about Pools is is that it seems every time there's one of these moments where... I don't want to say he's called out because I wouldn't describe him being called out, but he's doubted. Mm-hmm. And he's doubted... I was thinking that, too. We discussed it yesterday on the show, yeah. that he's doubted it publicly uh, in a pointed manner, especially in an isolated situation like a postseason game... He immediately responds. It wasn't a surprise that he did that last night just based on the track record. Not the track record of his, of his greatness, but the track record of any time it seems like a, a group of people, whether it be fans, media, question him, it's like clockwork. He responds and rips the baseball. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And,
0: uh, Don't know how to explain it, just know that it's happened a lot of times. We've been waiting for him to explode just like this. He is the superstar, the biggest in the game, and he really he really hadn't had a night like this in a while. He's had some hits, but it was you know it was kind of quiet hits. But last night he really did what we were, have been hoping he would do for some time. If he can stay hot at all, I don't think they'll have any trouble with the Brewers. Iggy uh, texts
1: uh, in, and this actually has nothing to do with straight to the web or any group sex sessions. Uh, he says, "Don't be surprised if Narvison gets the start over Markham." Narvison, they were talking about that on the TBS postgame show last night. Narvison uh, has pitched the Cardinals well, former Cardinal, and uh, keeps that ball down. I wonder if they would go that route if it is 3-2. It will be 3-2 one way or the other if, if it goes to 6, and it would be Sunday afternoon in Milwaukee. I don't know. if I. It, let me tell you this. If Sean Markham were a Cardinal, and based on what he's been doing as of late, I would want Tony LaRusso to go a different route with the start.
4: And you'd you text him, and he would?
1: Probably. I don't know, because if I would have been able to text Tony, Jaime Garcia wouldn't face it, Ben Francisco or Ryan Braun. I'll tell you
4: what, he went out and he got Jackson pretty darn quick, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and well, I
1: was surp- <laughs> surprised. I was watching the Fox Sports Midwest postgame show. What do you guys think of, of what he did in the fifth inning with Jackson? Both Al and Rick, Al Rabowski, on the Fox Sports postgame show, said they would have liked to have seen him do the exact same thing with Garcia yesterday. I, that's That was about 85%. Uh, in, on com poll yesterday that they would have liked to have seen Garcia pull before Braun. I don't even know. I still don't know what happened there, although hip Garcia pitching to Rollins and Utley will always be the pinnacle of confusion for me. But they said they would have liked to have seen him leave Jackson in. And I was thinking to myself, why? I don't get it. He was wobbly. Yeah, it was a 7-2 game, but who cares? It's, yeah. it's the playoffs, and you have eight effing relievers. And a day off. Get him out. The big boys are coming up. I like to see him pull there. So I disagree with him. I'm on board with damn near every Cardinal fan that says you should have gotten him out before he, Garcia pitched to Braun. But I was all for him getting Jackson out there. I
0: was, too. I thought he played it just right. Yeah, I did, too. I thought he I played th- it exactly they right. They got four and two-thirds innings out of the bullpen last night. They gave up exactly one hit. You got all those guys down there. Just about everybody's throwing the ball well right Lance now. Lynn pitched Use one, them one ball. ball
1: and got two outs in
3: the win. This
1: is for Doug.
0: You hear this in the clubhouse last night the cat?
3: No. Mm-hmm. Could have been. I was so
5: distracted.
4: These are Caucasian guys.
1: Actually this is Caucasian guy. Uh, I had an email from our former intern David to. Uh, I like that guy yeah great great guy and great American. so anyway former intern David now news director David uh-huh. uh informs me I guess he knows this guy because it turns out this is one person and then he took his track and like looped it under it and like was talking to himself so it makes it sound like it's him with like a posse but in reality it's just one white guy from granite City take a listen bird'm as as bird
0: put it on my bed. I love my birds. Oh, this is nice. It isn't.
4: He overdubbed it. But did
0: Tim? Is that what they do? They I think say? it is. Yeah. <laughs> stop it. Chambers, you my boy. I was a guy who played three times all year. How do we find this song, Tim?
1: Uh, I believe news director David. Is that right, Joe? At ProJo. Oh, so profile. his buddy
4: did this, and then he.
1: I don't know if they're buddies. Or not. I anything he just discovered and said, "This would be the type of thing the ID morning after like people would like." Maybe like Channel
4: Two was playing, or the four five. So I every time Doug comes on. They I it. saw.
3: I saw Dave had posted a link to it on Facebook, and I said, "Ah, let me take a look at this," and then I was automatically hooked. Nice. Take a listen. I don't want to listen to this anymore.
0: We actually have to get to the end and hear the
1: John Jay shout-out. Yeah, there, there's shouts out. Every day a holiday
5: when your name is Matt.
0: Oh, that was <laughs> awful.
5: Just a freeze that can handle a Batman. Now we headed for the ring with Lancey B's vicious swings,
4: swing. Awful white hat, that one. That was a white guy.
0: Every day's a holiday when your name is Matt. Pretty good.
6: We St. Louis,
5: so you just can't leave. You're hero to the city, yeah, it's just me. And I know you're under pressure by the players and Believe me when I say it, you will find a better seat There's a privilege to watch you play So we thank you for the moment Yes, do
4: us we the truest red birds in our hearts So that posse is just one
0: guy It's one guy
5: Good for him, he's creative, Doug Can we give him that?
0: Did he say they're under pressure from the players in the street? Did I hear that, Lori?
5: Matt props out to John Jay in the field Looking like my all-time favorite, Rick Ankele Swans for St. Louis Cardinal Nation, let's go uh
1: Tired of it! I'm Me too. The Cardinals, Doug, they are coming. Uh, tra-la. Tra-la. are coming without
0: the song. You don't necessarily need the song. The team what? is coming.
1: The Cardinals beat the Brewers 4-3 to three last night to take a 2-1 series lead in the NLCS. Here's an odd thing, and I don't know how you gentlemen feel. I know you all love America. Well, I know the cat does. As I was sitting there at Bush Stadium, I had the feeling the Cardinals were going to lose that game. I, I did just, not. I did. I'm glad I was very wrong. But I just felt like they had a lot of opportunities early on, and I felt like Carpenter was bad. I don't even know what else to say outside of him. I thought he was bad. I thought it was obvious something was wrong on the first time he faced Mark Kotze, and he walked him. He didn't walk anybody in Philadelphia. And then he hits Braun when he had two strikes on him. I'm like, wow, something's really wrong. and uh, And I figured the Brewers would be able to score more than three runs after they got that third run in the third inning. But fortunately, Carpenter, to his credit, grounded out. The Brewers struggled offensively, and the Cardinal bullpen once again continues its trend here in the 2011 postseason and shuts down Milwaukee, and it leads to a 4-3 victory, a game that in a way I feel like the Cardinals stole – but on the other side of it, how can you say you stole one when you were never trailing? Main point is this. If they were to have blown that game and that 4 nothing lead, and the Brewers were able to not only come back and win it and beat Chris Carpenter, even if he wasn't the normal Chris Carpenter, it would have been devastating. Instead, the momentum swings the other way, and the Cardinals have the lead, and the Brewers will either have to win with Randy Wolfe, who has struggled badly over his last three starts, maybe not as badly as Sean Markham, or they'll have to win with Zach Greinke to get this thing back to Milwaukee.
0: As much as Carpenter was struggling, at least he didn't get burned by Braun and Fielder. Those two, are combined one for six. And they came up a couple times with men on bass. And when you can keep those guys from hurting you, you got a chance. Yep. I, think that, I think that's what's happened. I love my birds on my
5: chest. I love my birds on my back. As long as that bird red, I'm going to on my hat. Yep. was you my
4: boy,
6: That's
1: your it time, favorite. It's the line of the year so far <laughs> in songwriting. Chambers
0: are my boy. It worked when he had Matt Chambers on to do the weather here, but it doesn't really work for Adrian Chambers. What, what about Tim Chambers? Me Chambers. Right. I guess it's okay. So,
1: uh, Iggy, you know Iggy
0: from... Sure. Uh, Hi, Iggy. Straight to the web. Everyone knows Iggy, especially at old the ball yard. movie stars. That's correct.
5: Thank you,
0: Iggy. I love you. Love you, buddy. Love oh, that you. was a guy. Johnny Weir. So,
1: uh... Iggy caught up with Chambers yesterday to discuss the song Birds on My Bat and Treader saying, Chambers, you're my boy. Uh, Doug, here is uh, some official uh, Iggy ITD Morning After uh, audio.
3: Right. Down at the ballpark tonight, and uh, one of our favorite guys on the morning show, Adron Chambers, joining us. What up, buddy? Hey, What's going on, Iggy? Have you heard? Even here, I know Iggy. you're a big fan of the, the ITD Morning After show. We have a guy on there, Treader. Who has done a Cardinal song? And um uh, from the sound of the 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 song, you're his boy.
5: Uh I ain't heard it yet, but uh, Tredder.
0: I hope it sound good. You my boy too. <laughs> oh,
5: Chambers, you my boy. <laughs> that's what our
0: that's, that's work, where our Iggy. credential goes. Can Iggy. I? He I a spot holes. in the press box for that. Can we hear God, that again? <laughs> where he says, "Hey Iggy, even Chambers knows." <laughs> let's, let's
1: take a well, no, we'll take another listen to it. Make sure we heard what we heard, thought we heard.
0: Down
3: at the ballpark tonight, and uh, one of our favorite guys on the morning show, Adron Chambers, joining us. What up, buddy? What's going on, Iggy? E? What up,
0: buddy?
3: <laughs> <laughs> How did he get this Q rating?
0: <laughs> Everyone knows Iggy on both coasts, particularly ex-porn stars. Doug, as you know, the Cardinals, they are coming. Trela. la Indeed
1: they are. My reaction is I'm shocked uh, and thrilled. Shocked, not necessarily because the Cardinals did it, because I thought they lose to the Phillies. I expected them to beat the Brewers, um, and they really could have won that series in five games. They were so ahead of them, for whatever reason. I think the starting pitching being the main thing. Like, the Cardinals' starting pitching was really bad. The Brewers was atrocious. Mm. Uh, I think Ron Renneke deserves to be lit up in Milwaukee. I think he is getting mil- uh, lit up uh, in Milwaukee based on a calm... I read by their lead columnist, whose name is, and I'm not making this up, Michael Hunt. Uh, oh, no. It really is. I don't and, get it. Well, if you went with a short name. Oh, okay. And then uh, the Cardinals uh, just dominating offensively. It's mind-blowing that this has transpired. Um, but to go to the World Series for three times in seven years, especially in the circumstances of the 2006 and 2011 teams, uh Amazing, And uh, I'm incredibly thrilled this morning, as I'm sure many Cardinal fans are.
0: Yeah, it is stunning that they are where they are. But when you when you watch them now and when you see the lineup posted and you, you watch how these guys hit, it, it makes you wonder why they didn't win 105 games this year. I know they're playing better now than they have all year. But the lineup is just absolutely incredible. And you you toss uh, David Freeze in there now, who's suddenly morphed into Mike Schmidt. You toss him in there with Berkman and Holiday and, and Pujols and it's as tough a middle of the lineup as there's been around in, in several years, I think.
3: Lineup's fantastic. Those guys, so many guys, had the series of their lives, have had the playoff series of their lives. And then the bullpen. I mean, and you know, you can say Tony Rusa, you know, pulled all the right switches, Dave Duncan, too. But man, when you can go to so many good young bullpen arms right now. Sovchinsky and Lance Lynn and Salas and Mott.
1: Ryan Braun would be very happy to never see Octavio Dotel again. I, mm. It's amazing what goes on when do- Braun goes <laughs> in to face yep.
3: Uh
1: We saw it again last night. It was a three-pitch strikeout. Uh, David Freeze, the story of the NLCS. Fries is 545, three home runs, and nine RBIs. The only other player to do this in the playoffs, Lou Gehrig in 1928. The only other players to put up that kind of number, Garrick had four home runs in 1928, but he had a 545 batting average.
0: F- Freeze had three home runs, and I think he had at least two other fly balls to hit right off the top of the wall. Yeah, the
1: one in the uh, his second at bat last night was about three feet from going out. Yeah, and he it was missed tough one at Bush.
0: just barely. Right,
1: uh, just ridiculous. And then don't forget, and it's easy to forget, especially he started off with a bad series. Yadier Molina hit three thirty-three. Alan Craig also. Uh, had solid uh, batting average as well.
0: Nick Punto struck out four times last night. That's gone underreported.
1: And we're going to focus on that in the 9 o'clock hour, okay. I think. But he did not take the cat's shirt off on the Fox Sports Midwest postgame show. Did he? That's yeah, hot. the cat's nipples were exposed last night <laughs> on <the> television.
0: <laughs> not so hot. I
1: have nipples, Greg. Can you milk, can you milk me? me? Nice. So the cat's nipples were out last night on Fox Sports Midwest. I did see luck. that. Yeah. <laughs> you, these are things for, for how
0: long? Can... Was A couple seconds. It. it was full noodle frontity. Yeah, dyslexic, but yeah.
1: <laughs> Look, Charlie, it's Mike Lee. Nice. Mm, hey. Hello, Mike.
0: I'm
1: glad to make it. Well, yeah. you performed a sick beat for us last week. I think it inspired the club. Hey. And uh, congratulations to you for leading the Cardinals to victory, sir.
5: Hey, I got another news song about David Free.
1: You got the some news? breaking
5: news on him? Yeah, I got another song for, for David Free. Uh, well, why don't
1: we take a little listen then. Go ahead and perform, <laughs> sir.
5: You know, I, I, I still got another one. I don't oh, go his.
1: ahead. Go ahead and do it. Huh? Do it.
5: No, I had to put that music on.
1: Okay, go ahead. All right, we'll Remember take the a moment.
5: music, one I had? Yeah, that was sure. a
1: great sample. sounded like a marching band.
5: That music.
1: Yes, was, marching band. Do I think, it. I think it was John Philip Sousa. It was.
5: Yeah. All right, I'll play for you. No. Go ahead. <laughs> hold on. Yes. I got, okay. hold on.
1: Okay, Doug. This is a pennant tree. They call up, this. Right.
5: I'm trying to play for it. That's that
1: song. Oh, Playboy. be nice. I used to use those in 84.
5: What? I don't know. I got it. Hold on. I'm trying to. Right. It's okay.
0: No, this is going well.
5: Let me try find this music. Doug, are you know. enjoying it?
0: Uh, yeah, great. I'm, I'm going to do some other things right here. <laughs> here
5: you go. Just, he go. Okay. I can hear it. David Free got free. I mean, he got a power. He's the home one. And the colonel goes to the World Series And Mel Walker, they're upset Who cares about them? They cry like big baby And uh, we celebrate for the colonel Going to the World Series And they celebrate And they were happy I hope they won the World Series You hear that?
0: Nice, somebody's up all night writing <laughs> That was fantastic Somebody was up all night writing some lyrics Doug, as you've been saying since uh, mid-May, the Cardinals are coming, tra-la, tra-la, I haven't really been the one singing that, but they are coming. Apparently, they're going to just go ahead and win this whole thing. That apparently is a script. There's a, sc- There's a script to all this, sure it is. And My are- uh, variable on the whole thing, and I am very
1: happy that it was wrong, was uh, Chris Carpenter. And I don't know how you gentlemen felt, first four hitters... Couldn't find the strike zone, fell behind all four hitters, 2-0. Three of the first six reached, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to say it, but he's off. And the other thing I saw, and I wrote this in my column this morning, the cat, you and Cal Eldred talking about it. And I saw it, but I didn't know if I was so paranoid that I was just off my rocker and I didn't want to even bother tweeting it to the great Patriots who follow me. But when they were doing the pregame introductions and they cut to the bullpen and they show Carpenter warming up, he appeared to wince when he was throwing a pitch.
4: He's like, yeah, that curveball hurts a little. I'm not throwing it much.
1: And I thought, maybe it really hurt him. Maybe they intentionally did that for whatever reason. I have no idea. Or maybe it's a real problem. I didn't hear anybody talk about it the rest of the way until probably around 11 last night when you and Cal Eldred were breaking it down on Fox Sports Midwest, and he made that observation as well. He said it was the curveball, and he said that uh, is the pitch that hurts him, and that's why, as opposed to when he threw 30 curveballs in Game 5 in Philadelphia where he was dominant and he was ahead of the first six hitters he faced and eight of the first nine, whereas last night he was behind uh, the first four hitters he faced. Uh, Carpenter uh, threw seven curveballs. That's it. But he had the other stuff working. And for me, for where I was coming from with my prediction, thinking he wasn't right, which was more based on not necessarily the reports of his elbow, but the the Game 3 start against Milwaukee, and then hearing that there may be problems, and that may have contributed to Game 3 against Milwaukee, game changer. Game changer. Just like the Cardinals beating Cliff Lee, if Carpenter is on the world changes for the World Series, in my mind.
4: Well, I I, I just thought he was going to have a decent start. I think I said he would go six and a third and give up three. Uh, he was a little bit better than that, and he didn't have the curveball. But like I said, he's been dealing with stuff for a couple of seasons, really, where he's really had to change on the fly what he wants to throw based on how he's feeling. And so he didn't have the curveball, so he didn't show it very much. And he found a way to get it done. My thing was, I I agree that in the early going, it looked like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe he doesn't have it. But when he made that sprawling play at first base, I thought to myself, all right, that could be a sign that this guy's going to do whatever it takes. But the bullpen came in, and Tony played his matchups, and it worked.
0: Yeah. I was a little bit surprised that he pinched hit for Carpenter in the sixth as well as he was going. But clearly it was the right move. Craig delivered, and... Maybe Carpenter was out of gas, and well, once again, think... you just trust that bullpen, well, yeah, and they keep coming through.
4: 87 pitches. I don't think he was out of gas. I think Tony realized we have a chance. we got to strike when we can. You know, many cases with Carpenter, there are a couple of exceptions where he yanked Carpenter, but in most cases, he leaves that guy in there thinking better to keep the other side at bay, but it did pay off because Alan Craig got a fastball he was able to handle and deposited a base hit. For an RBI, as a pinch hitter, yeah.
0: Regular season, maybe you let him hit there and see what you can do. But at this time of year, and as well as everybody is going out there in the pen, especially Zepchinski, he is just unbelievable. Sick.
4: Two strikeouts comes in to face two guys, both gets, right-handed hitters. Gets a uh, gets a strikeout and then gets a, uh, a strikeout looking. And he's been he's been unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and Dotel as well. Face two hitters, got them both out. Arthur Rhodes comes in and gets an out. Jason Mott has, has given up one hit in the last nine innings that he's pitched. This is unbelievable relief. Doug, as you've been saying for a while, the Cardinals, they are uh, coming. I've been excited. Tra-la, tra-la. I've, not, I've not been singing the song. I might, though. You might? I might start, yeah. Feel free. The floor is yours, They're <laughs> coming. Tra-la, tra-la. Oh, that was awful.
4: That is the most unbelievable sporting event I think I've witnessed. I think that tops
0: everything. Yeah, I can't imagine imagine anything else. I can't imagine anything else. The game was just a train wreck for about six or seven innings. Just horrendous. And you thought, what a horrible way to wrap up the World Series. And then the last three or four innings just could not have been more exciting. Couldn't have been any better. To be down to your
1: last strike twice Twice. and tie it both times and then for David Fries to win it in the bottom of the 11th.
7: Center. We will see you tomorrow night. Oh,
1: yeah. You That's know, Jack from yes. Minnesota. Uh, 20 years and one day ago, Doug, was when Kirby Puckett hit that home run off the Atlanta Braves in game six at the Metrodome, mm-hmm. and Jack Buck said, we'll see you tomorrow night. Bill, you're on 590 to Morning, fellas. Morning, sir. So uh,
7: well, i tell you guys, our seats are right behind third base, uh, third base dugout. And we were actually a minority as far as Cardinal fans. go. I had never seen so many visiting fans in one section of my life. And I will say, though, as far as fans go from an opposing team, probably some of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. But it was so funny at the end of the game twice. They had their iPhones out recording the last, you know, strike. And I've never seen a more just deflated group of fans in my life. I mean, they were... They were beside themselves, they really were
4: we were we were That's uh, a great point we're watching from where i'm standing you know the and where are you the media's lining up uh right behind where there's that entrance onto the field behind home plate, and a lot of the media can't see this line anyway, so we moved into the little row behind so we could watch and I see some. Some Ranger fans with the with the phones out recording it, and you watch the Ranger players. You know the Cardinals down to their last strike. Guys in the infield just <laughs> kicking dirt. Please let it end. Please let it end. <laughs> mm-hmm. The the fans with the with the phones try, recording the moment, ready to record the moment where the Rangers win the World Series, never came.
1: I mean, if you just take a step back, if you were a, if you were. A Cardinal fan, and let's say it was some team that you really didn't give a damn about and then representing the National League, you know, that you didn't have any ill will toward, like the Padres or something like that, doing that. We'd come in and go, did you see that World Series game last night? That was mm-hmm. unreal. They were down at their last strike in the ninth inning. And as Berkman said the Cat, freezes ball that Cruz didn't catch, whether you want to say misplayed, uh, and I think there's plenty of people probably in Dallas this morning saying that. Uh, it, 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 whether misplay on the catch or misplay on the carom off the ball. Um Or both. Yeah, you could make a case for both. Uh, Berkman said that's a home run in a lot of ballparks. That wins it. Yeah. Then they you have the Berkman in the 10th inning. And he does it again. I mean, after, after the Hamilton home run, you're like, how much more can they give us? you know tip your cap to the rangers it's brutal
4: think how long they've been doing this just to get into the postseason <clears throat> get you know to get by the fill it's it was remarkable and then to see that they still had fight left and there's a game to play it's
0: unbelievable and as unlikely as the comeback was in the big picture you step back and you go yeah that that's about right for the way the rest of the season has gone
1: in the history of major league baseball only one team had come back from an elimination game down two when down to its final out. Do you know which one? Do you, or have you heard this stat yet? Fun facts for no one to tell? Uh, You'll remember the game when I tell you it.
0: Not the Toronto Blue. No, they were ahead. They the were.
1: 1986 Mets. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you know the game.
0: Well, the roller up along first <laughs> right through Buckner, <laughs> and here comes night, and the Mets win.
1: That one. That's the one. So that had happened one time in the history of Major League Baseball history of the game. The Cardinals did it twice in back-to-back innings. Yeah. Stunning. He had the call of last night's classic, and he'll have the call of Game 7, friend of the show, Joe Buck. Good morning, Joe. Good
0: morning. He's <laughs> worn out. He's spent. How
7: are you guys doing?
1: Oh, it's amazing. Right. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, as you... It is. I mean,
7: that, that was, you know, I haven't seen it seen any more sporting events than anybody else. I've been to a few of them. That, that was the best game with what was on the
1: line that I've ever seen in my life. And that's saying something. As somebody who's called the Super Bowls and the World Series that you've called, at what point did you know that you were going to uh, pay tribute to your father with that line?
7: Um, You know, that's always lurking back there. And we had run a lot of the game six memories from years gone by earlier in the game and tim even said it during the broadcast and so you know if it fits you don't ever try to shoehorn or cram it in there you know that was kind of the, the perfect time to do it and yeah that was strictly for him and maybe as much for my mom who was watching back at home
4: not not to you know make this uh, an emotional you know thing but when you're calling a game like this that you know is special and you're locked in on doing the best job you can how much are you thinking about your dad
7: i thought about him last night and it actually dawned on me because i can't tell you how many times i've told people that i think about him during the game and you know i don't know that i always do only because i don't have the time i mean i think about him the second the game's over because when it was over i used to pick up the phone immediately and call my dad for a post-game chat, and uh, you know he used to joke, and I've said it a thousand times but back in 96 when the Yankees won after my first one, and I called him, and I was proud, and he picked up the phone, and I said, well, what'd you think? This is after game six, after the end. And uh, he said, what time's the game come on? <laughs> and, you know, acting like he hadn't watched any of it, and then he he just said, it was great, Buck, and then he handed the phone to my mom, and my mom told me the next day that He was so choked up that he couldn't talk. So, uh, you know, I've thought about that moment a lot, and I actually did think how much he would enjoy being there and being a part of that game last night. And and I guess I thought about it after the Cardinals tied it the first time in the ninth.
1: Hey, uh, I just got the text from, uh, I knew it was coming, Edmonds. I bet you liked last night. That's his way of saying, I think. I'll come on the show. Producer Joe, why don't you uh, see what he's got going on.
4: Thank you, Jim Edmonds, for allowing us to have David Freeze.
0: (laughs) Yeah, boy, that trade looks better every day, doesn't it? And here he is, friend of the show. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm tired. (laughs) You're one of the few guys who have experienced a similar home run trot. What's that like going around the bases?
7: Um, you know, somebody asked me that last night before it even happened, and I told him, I said, your feet don't feel the ground, you don't hear the crowd, and you wake up six years later and barely can remember what happened other than watching it on TV, but uh, you know what you did when you're sitting in the locker room, and just you try, you try to live the moment, but you also, like I said before, you got to worry about tonight now, and... Uh, none of that really, I mean, I guess in the World Series that's pretty cool, but at the time you're going through it, none of that really matters if you don't win tonight. Yeah, I remember
1: interviewing you right after that and saying you just became a chapter in Cardinal history with that home run, and you seemed unaware of the uh, the historical context. I would gather seven years later you probably are, are well aware of it now. Yeah. Oh, don't you just honk
4: What was yeah, that? Yeah, I'm honking at our, our builder. My question to you is, having gone through that and then watching this game, does that bring you back to that moment at all watching what transpired last night i mean does it help you relive that in any sense
7: uh you know what Uh, yes and no i mean i just watched it last night that was such a special experience i don't know i mean like i said when you go through it it's kind of a dream when you're watching it it's so surreal and so much fun to watch i i almost it's fun to go through it but it's just as much fun to watch and especially when you watch guys like that that you know it even makes it even better
1: it is a pleasure to be joined right now by one of the all-time greats and if i'm not mistaken someone who has played in four game sevens the hall of famer class of 2002 the wizard Ozzie smith good morning Ozzie. good morning guys boy what a thrill it is to have you on the show after a game like that we had edmonds on in the previous segment he can relate to a walk-off home run in the playoffs as can you can you possibly grasp what David Fries was experiencing as he rounded the bases last night?
6: I'm sure it's very surreal for mom. Probably the biggest at
0: bat of his life, and
6: you know um, this is a time of year where heroes are made, and uh, history is certainly made last night.
0: This team has the uncanny ability to seem to play at its very best. When things look the darkest, when their backs are to the wall and you're just about to give up on them, they play better than they have played all night or for a while. Where does that come from? Does that come from the manager, the team leaders, or, or where, where do they get Media. that? No, no, that
6: comes from it comes from the guys. You know, it comes from guys believing in themselves. And when you have people like Carpenter and Pujols, guys who have been there and been successful at what they do, all you do is feed off of how they go about doing their job every day.
1: You can relate also to difficult Game 6 losses, of course, 26 years ago in Kansas City. Tough, Give us an idea. Tough to come back. Tough to
6: come back from. It's, uh, it'll, it would really, really surprise me if they have enough fire to come back today because all energies are thrown into that Game 6. It's been a long season. It's been mm-hmm. grueling. It's been tough it's been tired and uh, you're called upon time after time again to, to come back and it's, a, it's an uphill battle and uh, I'm not so sure that this is a hill that they will be able to climb. If they do I will be very very surprised. Tonight probably will be anticlimactic. I felt that if the Cardinals won game six Game seven on the road is a very, very tough game to win.
1: Uh, I guess I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but it's the truth, so I just want to say it. When I see you guys, and by you guys, I mean you, uh, Gibson, Brock, Red, and especially when Stan comes out there, it kind of chokes me up. What is it like for you to be at home plate, especially when he comes out there on the card, Ozzie?
6: Well, you know, um, Stan is the man here in, uh, in St. Louis, and it always brings goosebumps and um you know, a very warm feeling to be amongst those guys and, you know, any anytime that we all get together and we have a chance to get together you know, at the Hall of Fame a lot and spend a lot more time together, it's uh, it's a great fraternity to be a part of.
1: Well, it will be incredible tonight. Uh, looking forward to a Game 7 in downtown St. Louis for the first time since the World Championship you were a part of in 1982. It should be an incredible evening, Ozzie. Yes, it should be and, uh, Party down.
7: You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan,
4: 1057 HD2 FM, and InsideSTL.com.
2: We're pleased now to be joined by the great Jim Hayes. Cat, what's up? Not too much. Uh, I feel honored to uh, to be on your program. So we're talking 2011 October, going into that series with the Phillies. They were underdogs, but the team feel like I guess they had nothing to lose. Or where were they at at the time?
4: As I recall, and I you know, and it's one of the the guys on the the team that uh, I don't think you know, aside from what he did on the field, they would have gotten there without his presence. But I, I just remember. Um, throughout the season, even when they were ten and a half back or or whatever, that Lance Berkman was had a had a calm confidence about him, even though you know at that point it seemed they were dead in the water. And I just remember him always saying, you know, he was a realist and he didn't you know sugarcoat stuff. But he always got a sense that he he know he he knew something that maybe no one else did.
2: So. They get past Philadelphia, you know, obviously the famous Carpenter Halliday duel. So they survived that. So now they're in the NLCS. And I think at that point, St. Louisans uh, and all the Cardinal fans suddenly realized, hey, wait a minute, this could this team could actually make some noise. And I think what happens every year when they if they make the NLCS, you get a lot of like the fan created songs. You had Tretter with Chambers, You My Boy. When you hear things like that and you remember, but think back to Chambers, You My Boy, and just kind of what, what thoughts come to your mind when you think about that?
4: I think of the uh, incredible impact that uh, Adrian Chambers had on that uh, Cardinals team. <laughs> I think of the song. And he had uh, sort of that smile that would light up a room. But I do remember uh, Chambers, You My Boy. And I think that actually that uh, might be more famous in St. Louis than the actual player that, you know when when fans get involved with uh, you know with songs or whatever and some of them some of them are great some of them are not great but I do think it's just the way St. Louis is with the Cardinals they they just want to get involved they just want their own little piece of it so it's pretty cool we've had a lot of fun with that
2: so they beat Milwaukee I think Ron Renneky did the Cardinals a favor running uh, Markham out there twice in that series uh-huh. when he didn't really have anything left and uh, nevertheless, the Cardinals advanced to the World Series, and you had Chris Carpenter playing a major role, but it seemed like he might not have been necessarily the same after that Game 5. He looked like he might have tweaked something or just didn't look right, and I think you alluded to, back in 2011, that a lot of times he was dealing with stuff, and he was pitching through it, and he was just finding a way to, to win,
4: for the, for the record, no player has ever blown me up uh, in a clubhouse or on a team plane more devastatingly than Chris Carpenter. Uh, I mean, he blew me up one time in Kansas City to the point where I think the media that was there ran. The teammates were all crawling into their lockers. Uh, and as I found out later, he was, at that point, uh, he was trying to come back, and he had a side session that he couldn't finish, and he was just in a bad mood and locked in on the first guy he saw, and I was probably joking around in there. And, you know, there's been a couple other incidents like that. Through that all, I, I always had a lot of respect for him, and we've since, you know, he would apologize after and, you know, and just explain what was going on. I, I have never met a guy uh, more intense, uh, more focused, and more... Able to pitch through a lot of different things. I mean, he is as tough a guy as you'll ever see, even if he wasn't a hundred percent. And then sometimes we're talking, you know, seventy percent. Uh, just that that firingness, just that 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 eagerness to you know to be his best. That's what pushed him through outside of being a you know a talented pitcher. But that's what I think about when I think about Chris Carpenter.
2: So game six, obviously, you think about two thousand eleven. You think about game six. You were there. You were surrounded by, I guess, a lot of other media types. What do you remember from that night? Here's a,
4: one of the interesting things about uh, the, the postseason and being uh, part of the media that gets to go on the field. Many times, you can't see the game at all. Uh, I'm, I, As I recall, I'm following on my phone as best I can, and when it became clear that th- this might be a game, you know, like... I'm, I, I uh, decided that I would leave the little media line and go uh, behind the seats in that first level mm-hmm. in the, where the green seats are so I could watch. I wanted to enjoy it, you know, so I wanted to see the fan reaction. So I had a pretty good seat. I, I, wasn't, being, I wasn't able to sit, but standing and taking that all in, I was lucky that I made the decision to, uh, to go ahead and, and, and just watch it as a fan because it was remarkable, remarkable.
2: Being at that game, I was there with my dad. It was the second time. I guess that wasn't the clincher, but we had already. I had already seen a World Series clincher with my dad of as an adult, you know. Which is, I just think you grow up a baseball fan. The dream is, oh, I can see my team clinch the World Series with my dad at it. You know, when we're both, you know, adults and and both still kind of with it. And I know you mentioned that you, I believe, saw the Yankees clinch in '96 with your dad. Is that right?
4: That's uh, yeah, that's uh, I think Charlie
2: Hayes caught the
4: last out if I' if, if I'm not mistaken I so. On and, and I remember the greatest thing about that was because we grew up Yankee fans in, in our house and, and I was able to secure uh, World Series tickets not only for my dad but for my brother. So I got the tickets, which was great because my older brother was always the one that took care of everything. And we got to take my dad, and my dad loved it. And I think we took the subway into Manhattan, and to, you know, my we just saw that, that you know people were afraid if the Yankees won there going to be rioting and everything. And I, what I really saw was just people celebrating in the best possible way. And I looked at my dad, you know, who's you know older at the time, and he had a big smile on his face, and he's high fiving the other Yankee fans. So I can totally understand you know, what you're saying about that, to be able to, to not, the fact that I got the tickets and I took my dad with my brother and then we saw the Yankees win a world series, absolutely nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like
2: it. And to kind of circle back to game six, you had Joe Buck, you know, paying homage to his father with the home run call. And then Joe Buck was actually on the morning after the following day And talking about Jack and how it was that game, just coincidentally, uh, it was that game the first year that Joe Buck called it in 96. Jack basically pretends that he didn't watch it. He said, oh, what time does the game start? (laughs) uh, (laughs) Because
4: you brought up Jack Buck as a transplant to St. Louis, and uh, I've come to embrace all the great things there are about St. Louis And certainly one of them is tradition and and the great people that have been part of the community, including Jack Buck. And one thing that struck me about Jack Buck, and he was a great man, is that everyone in St. Louis seems to have a a sort of personal story with Jack Buck. And how did one guy have enough time to touch all these people? But he really did because he was a caring guy. And I tell this story. So I get to St. Louis and I remember Jack Buck because my father had worked, I guess, at CBS, and had worked with Jack Buck doing something, so they knew each other. And as a little kid, we came to see a Mets game, visiting some on the way to visit some relatives, and we saw the Mets play the Cardinals in St. Louis. And my dad, I don't know how he set it up, but he was able to see Jack Buck, and Jack Buck waved us up to the booth, and he gave us some card and stuff. Anyway, so, I, you know, full circle – I'm in St. Louis now as a reporter working with the Cardinals, and I introduced myself to Jack Buck. And, you know, he was he, he couldn't have been nicer and friendlier and interested in my story. And uh, and I told him, you know, about my dad, and he remembered. And then he said, got a cell? Excuse me? Got a cell phone. Let's go. <laughs> so right there, you know, this guy on a game day left my dad a message. That's pretty remarkable. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Got a cell I didn't know what he meant. He, and so he, said, he, he took the phone and he said, Richard, it's Jack Buck. Uh, it's a wonderful thing about your son or whatever he said. And I thought to myself, what a what a nice guy. And as I spend more time here and I realized, yep, there's a lot of people have a story he, like that about Jack Buck.
2: He really was the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ne- next to Tim, next to Tim. Yeah, I think even Tim would admit Jack was the best. <laughs> I think you're right. All right, Cat, take care of yourself. We'll, uh, we'll see you at the next TMA Live or, or whenever we see you.
4: All right, thanks for the time, and thanks for having me
2: on.
3: You're
4: listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan, 1057 HD2
2: FM, and InsideSTL.com. Swope here, reminding you that all episodes of Swope's Picks are available for download at InsideSTL.com. You can also find Swope's Picks on iTunes in the comedy section under S for Swope. He's got a job somewhere, doesn't he? He has a family. So does he have a job? I believe so. To answer Doug's question, I'm an IT consultant who has spent the last 12 years solving problems and providing solutions for people who needed help. I got my own set of problems. When you're at a technology roadblock, maybe your computer has crashed, or your printer stopped working, or your Wi-Fi sucks in general. I don't have Wi-Fi because my cable is out. Who do you call? The repairman's coming today. If this
0: phone rings at any time during the show, I am answering it. And what if they can't help? They are not coming, and I won't have Wi-Fi for another three days. Then who do you call? Could not be nicer, has tried everything she could possibly try to make this work, but runs into roadblocks when she makes the call
2: to somewhere. HQF is your lifeline.
0: Highest quality
2: fidelity. We solve problems that you don't have the time or patience to deal with. I mean, this
0: has been the single, one of the single biggest hassles. So much of this job boils down to
2: trust. You had to do it at the time. Well, why didn't, at the time, you told me I didn't have to do it. Unless you are dealing with technology every day, you're going to have to take someone at their word. Yeah, but uh, I guess whoever told you that was wrong and now you do have to do it. I've spent over a decade establishing trust with my clients. Well, I still haven't got this all resolved producing results, solving problems, and that's what keeps them coming back. Swope's one of the best in the business for my money. I pride myself on being able to articulate complexities into simple, concise explanations that even a non-technical person can understand.
0: Oh, I think you need all that base.
2: Email Swope at hqfstl.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Jimmy the Cat Hayes for joining us. Oh, get on with it, motherfucker. Get on with it, motherfucker. Oh, get on with it, motherfucker. Thank you for listening to Swope's Picks. Enjoy the mashup.
3: Dabble, dabble, dabble.
0: Who goes to the kid's soccer game looking to get lucky? So I kind of keep it um, kind of low-key. I like
7: peacock and Rihanna. I can't help
1: it.
0: And guys wanted to be with him.
5: Hey, baby, is there a mirror in your pants? Because I could sure see myself in them.
1: Yeah, I would imagine ass play is probably higher risk.
0: Oh, oh, oh. I never met a dad that was on the down low. <laughs> Anyone anyway, on the
1: down low. I'm not your dad. If you can't spot the soccer dad on the down low, you're the soccer dad on the down low.
3: <laughs> dabble. Dabble.
0: Baby, <laughs> please let me be that mirror. These guys, they act like they're fighting each other for 30 minutes, and then they grab a beer and go get dinner together. Dabble. When did you guys stop liking a gentleman in cut-off blue jeans sleeping with a lot of black men after Easter Church?
4: What does that entail, a couple of beakers and a Bunsen burner? Yeah, of course,
5: dads, yeah. So, don't you always check your mouth before right. you head through that hole? So, with that being said, I thought I would lighten the mood a little bit.
0: By Curious. And... Oh, Erlenmeyer flask.
3: We went to the hot tub and we're all kind of hanging out at the hot tub. So,
0: you're in the hot tub with the
1: gentleman piano player. Bleeding <laughs> from the anus and everything. Ah, but... uh, yes,
0: mm. anus. Bisexual,
1: maybe? I'm just horny, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. <laughs> Guys, I'm in my 60s and only recently became bi. It's fun. I'm Joe, fine. as you would call them, MFFs.
0: Yeah, 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 male, female, female. Mm-hmm. Correct. As opposed to the more popular male, male, That's female. That's not the more popular one.
5: Doug. Come on, step it up. I was taught that you're supposed to keep your hymen for your husband. Doug, does that make sense? A- am I the only one here that knows this stuff is fake? Is it just me? No, so I was a Christian girl and came from a really religious background. I'm tired of the charade. Uh, Doug, let me correct you something. Is that charade? It's charade. Nice. Hello, nerve, Nancy. That's your. Argue- <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's unbelievable. That's your arguing point?
5: Do I have to strap
2: on? Man, I always knew I wanted to be a little whore. We've got some adjustments to make. Once I popped, I couldn't stop, and I.
1: <laughs> no. Ah. So, Doug's DNA's on my lips.
3: What? We could, to be honest, I think it might <laughs> have made been, me laugh.ing I think it might have been mine.
7: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>